Okay, we're live. Okay, welcome to this afternoon's uh, podcast with Task. Uh, I'm here with uh, Steve Walker, CEO. Alan, and Alan, can I pronounce your surname? Can you do it for me? It's Alan Louch with Alan, Generation Blue. Alan Louch with Gen- Generation Blue. Um, also part of Task in terms of advisory. And myself, Matt Ricard, co-founder uh, and commercial director. And today's task master, task master. And today's task master, mastering the inaugural podcast for Task. Yes. Um, and we're on the top of, we're on level six of uh, the Maya shopping center in a meeting room, um, overlooking Satep, so Chiang Mai, looking, uh, overlooking the sunset. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Task as an, as an organization, uh, the platform, uh, the future, the launch, uh, where we're at. Um, some of the opportunities with creating positive impact, which is, is what we do. So I'll maybe let you lead off, Steve, uh, being the founder of the business. Um, just maybe talk about, you know, where, where, what's brought us to today, um, you know, this, this kind of time where we're about to jump into the second seed round for the business. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, the, the journey to, to today has been a, uh, certainly the last six months have been very, very interesting, which began with an invitation from Alan to come to a conference in Bangkok. Uh, we had a couple of days brainstorming ways of, of developing technology in a way that would create positive impact socially and environmentally. Earth Pulse itself, um, well, Alan, you can say more about that in a minute, but it's about bringing together a community of, of companies who are using technology um, to create impact, positive impact. and. Um, that then led through to a, a seed round fund, and we, we built out the MVP, as you know. Um, have now a first customer that we're working with, who are freeland.org and um, working on tiger preservation in Northeast Thailand. Um, so it's, it's been a, this year, or sorry, not this year, last year has been a, a whirlwind journey from really an idea, um, people stepping forward to help with the investment, Alan being one of them, uh, Simran, Gem Blue, um, and other investors such as Venki and Mel. And yeah, we, we now have a, a real business. We've got a real customer. Um, and you stepped in and joined the business on the 15th of December. We, of course, have known each other since about 1982. We've actually known each other. I'm 45. We've known each other since I think I was 10. Uh, and you gave me my first beer, yeah. which was brewed really badly from a plastic bag in your yeah, bedroom. A, so just a special organic beer. <laughs> yeah, so that's a true story. It was, uh, it was my little home <laughs> and then uh, reconnect years later in Thailand. So. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, for me, being a, a techie, uh, if you talk about the journey um, to today, I'm, I'm very tech background focused, and of course, you know, us getting together and, and joining as a partnership for force and task is is um you've got your media background commercial background you've worked in startups so you know we we obviously looked at that in december and realized it would be a great working combination um yeah yeah that's that's to today i think definitely let me should we do you want me to expand on that a bit just absolutely three weeks in coming into the business so yeah as i just explained steve and i've known each other a while um reconnected in thailand about four years ago uh, randomly over linkedin which is the the great thing that social media platforms do 
Um, I've spent the last three, three, four years really um, getting my head around the media space in, in the context of writing a screenplay, going out to raise money to make a movie, um, hugely rewarding, challenging, um, exciting, depressing, all sorts of emotional type process. So coming, coming out of that, but that's off the back of actually a 15 year career in, in technology software, specifically working for, um, a number of startups, um, probably the larger one, um, an American software startup, NetSuite, that's now owned by Oracle. Um, and in parallel to that, doing quite a lot of social enterprise work. So, you know, running projects in, in Thailand, other in Cambodia, uh, some related to trekking, some related to writing. So coming into task is, is exciting for me because it brings all of these aspects of my yeah. career and life together. Um, technology, social entrepreneurship, content development, uh, which all of that we will be doing with the business. Um, and yeah, really excited about, and it's a startup, which I love. And we're in a, a fundraising mode. So I've also just spent the last six months. I mean, I spent the last three years fundraising, but the last six months specifically sitting in front of VCs, pitching the most impossible pitch, asking a tech VC to fund your movie is probably the hardest thing you can try and do. So this yeah, is refreshing because we're now talking about blockchain, which is, one of the most exciting areas in tech and everyone wants to, to talk, talk about it and, and ask about the investment opportunity. So. But I mean, also in terms of the media that you were doing, you had the, um, you did the five minute, uh, sorry, how do you describe it? Five minute. Um, the script writing for YouTube. No, no. the, um, you shot around Bangkok. You did the shoot in Bangkok. Oh, you're talking about the advertising, the no, Bad the the promotion price. to make a full film. Oh, you mean? Oh, sorry. In terms of doing a teaser, like yeah. a trailer without a movie. Yeah, so yeah. So you yeah, you, you also got actors over. You got the financing in. You got the actors. Yeah, over we well, we raised we raised a initial seed round. I suppose if you compare movies to if we parallel it to how you do it with a tech company, we I raised a small amount of seed money, which was then used to create a proof of concept in terms of okay, let's shoot for five days, get all the actors in, get a stand in for the lead. Uh, you know, produce a, a five-minute investors teaser, which is a showcase to producing a full movie. Yeah, and can, can um, people see that if they want to? Yeah, see yeah, it? it's online. Uh, it's I, off the top of my head, I can't. But actually, if you Google "dark karma teaser," you will find it somewhere because a number of people have put it up there. Great. So yeah, <laughs> and maybe a good. Segue, I don't know why, but Karma, Alan, um, maybe good to hear a little bit about GenBlue and your um, yeah, input and entry into Task and, and some of the stuff you've been doing and, and the vision for Task. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, ha happy to talk a bit about GenBlue. So our mission is really to accelerate any kind of uh, planetary game changers, right? So we have a limited window to... Uh, protect some of the world's most vital ecosystems. And uh, now's the time, and we can do this with uh, exponential technologies, uh, such as blockchain, right? So uh, the vision is quite simply that we have a Earth-positive marketplace, right? And the way we define Earth-positive is that um, we make a pledge to leave Earth better than we found it. 
It's as simple as that. And then we look at what our impact is. Let's say uh, our impact on biodiversity, on carbon emissions, on plastic waste. And we make a net positive um, uh, impact on that by essentially taking actions that offset uh, the negative. So we have a, a footprint that we offset with a handprint that's greater. So for example, I flew here from Lisbon, where I'm based now, and um, I can easily calculate the carbon footprint of my round trip flight. Uh, let's say it's somewhere around three tons. Um, and I can plant mangroves uh, that will sequester 10 times the amount of carbon that uh, I'm emitting for a fraction of a percentage of the cost of the, of the flight. So it's a total no-brainer. Um, so I've been very involved with uh, mangrove restoration. So we issued a mangrove and carbon credit-backed token called TREE, listed on Lick Exchange. Uh, we're working together with TASK on uh, a tiger protected coin, uh, where we're essentially protecting tiger habitat and using the task platform to show the verified impact, right? To show, for example, that uh, uh, rangers are being trained. Um, we are uh, you know, looking at um, essentially uh, using the task platform as this ledger of positive impact. So people actually know, okay, you know what, the money that's going into um, these positive impact projects uh, is actually uh, going directly into positive impact. So yeah, that's a that's a bit uh, of the um, the mission at JetBlue. It's really uh, an accelerator uh, for regenerative ventures, and the idea is that collectively we can have an Earth positive economy by making a shift of about 1% of global wealth, right? We can absolutely do that. And we do that by um, essentially printing positive impact tokens, tokens backed by planting and taking care of mangroves, protecting tigers, cleaning up beaches, and so on. Can you, how, can you break down that 1% more in terms of what, how it creates that shift? Yeah, sure, sure. So um, there are certain actions that are um, more impactful than others. There's things called power laws or the 80-20 rule or Pareto law. Um, and there are certain incredibly important um, keystone ecosystems and species that uh, if we manage to protect them, like mangroves that are incredibly important for biodiversity, for carbon sequestration, that we can have an inordinate um, impact, an incredibly positive impact. So this is what we're focused on. We started with, uh, with mangroves because uh, they're so important for shorelines. Shorelines are responsible for half the carbon sequestration in the world. I mean, it's, you know, if we just keep shorelines healthy, that's uh, in incredibly important. Tigers are a keystone species because they are, um, you know, they are the king of the forests, right? So they're very, very needy. Um, and that means that, uh, you know, if tigers are able to live and uh, multiply even as they are in the eastern forest complex in Thailand, uh, you have a healthy ecosystem. You have an ecosystem that has biodiversity, that has water, uh, healthy trees. And... Um, you know, uh, this is uh, this is an incredible opportunity to actually 
enable the funding of super high impact projects um, using tokens, using uh, an award program to incentivize positive actions. Awesome. And maybe a good segue, Just I just want to pick up on something you said there and maybe get Steve to, to talk more about that, but the, 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 the verification um, of this type of project, the impact of this type of project, and the value that blockchain um, adds to that. And I, you know, I, I think on a general public level, a lot of people don't really understand blockchain. They just hear this word blockchain, they relate it to Bitcoin, even if they've heard of it. But blockchain is everywhere now. I mean, we've, you know, we today went to a co-working space that's being developed in Chiang Mai that is only going to be blockchain businesses. Can you just talk a minute, a little bit, Steve, and this relates directly to Task, but just the value that blockchain adds more generally to businesses that produce impact or social, positive social environmental impact and me or the layman on the street, what, you know, what value is it to them having blockchain as part of those businesses like Task? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, one of the key issues uh, with blockchain is there's two completely separate conversations. You can talk about um, what people often think about, which is the investment side of things. And at the moment, that's in a, in a, a sort of gray, uh, a gray phase as, it, as the, the markets have plummeted. But that's not what's exciting about it anyway. It's irrelevant, really, whether the, the market's going up or down as far as blockchain investors go. What's exciting is the technology. And technology is exciting on a couple of different levels. Fundamentally, it's that immutability of storing data inside a ledger. So if, you know, it, it means that over time, you're building up a database of activities that happened over a period of time. And it's, it's accruing value. Um, so if we start a project, if we take the, the mangrove plantation project, they, they want to bring in funding to help them plant more mangroves. Um, if over time, it's not just about what they did last month. Um, you know, if you can plot back in time and if you have a ledger system, which it can't be changed, you can't get into any Enron accounting uh, here. You know, it's the immutability of the ledger system that means that you can really see what activity has been going on um, the mangroves that are being planted, where the funding's going through to. And it, it seems like a small um, a small tweak to a model. I mean, we already have databases. You know, we, can, we can store data. But historically, we know that um, stories can get retold in different ways. And, um, and history tends to get rewritten by the victors. And I think what blockchain does is it, it removes that completely. The data is the data, you can't change it. And that, that means that you can start rewarding people that uh, really perform. Um, you know, if it comes to what we're doing with Task, uh, the idea that we can provide transparency to businesses, our mission is to get the funding into the businesses that deserve it because they're performing. And if you can look at a publicly accessible ledger system, you know, we can't control it. it, it exists as an independent entity and it can be queried by, by anyone, and that has immense value, um, immense value. And I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a game changer that we're going to see more and more. The, I mean, the other element is the ability for us to get rewards through to um, individuals who are creating impact and also to provide tracking around that. So if you're a funder and bringing funds into task, um, you know, obviously we've got payments that can be sent through in tokens, and those tokens can then be converted into localized forms of payments, whether it's internet access vouchers or 
um, you know, whatever other forms of rewards people want to redeem the tokens for. So, Alan. Yeah, I, I think those are those are all um, you know amazing uh, amazing aspects of blockchain that uh, can really power uh, the conservation and regenerative space. And um, you know the the overall vision here is that if we want to have uh, an impact on the world economy, we need to actually look at what the root causes um, of our ecological crisis, the climate crisis, the loss of biodiversity. And it's one thing, uh, it's called externalities, right? So these are uh, negative externalities uh, in our economic system. And as uh, Stanford ecologist Paul Ehrlich likes to ask economists, hmm, if your model doesn't include Earth, maybe you should use a different model. So the idea here is that with an Earth-positive approach, where we include Earth, we can actually shift the economy to a place where there are no externalities. So what we're doing at Generation Blue is we're really helping build a marketplace with positive externalities. So tiger tokens, tree tokens, and so on. These tokens that have a positive impact, if we mix this into the economy at a rate of about 1% um, of the overall um, size of uh, the world economy, we can actually have a world that is earth positive, right? Where we don't have these negative externalities. So what blockchain does is really, it gives us this uh, immutable um, accounting system, this ledger where everyone can look at, um, you know, the, uh, the balances. Everyone can look at the positive and negative impact. Um, and we can most importantly reward positive impact. So what we're really talking about is creating a kind of a, a, an award program for Earth, right? Which is very similar to something like, let's say, frequent flyer uh, points. Like they're just points. You, you earn them for certain kinds of actions. But these points are not managed by a central entity. They're actually managed by a decentralized system, which is resilient, which um, is not subject to uh, a centralized entity going down. Um, and um, it provides this immutable ledger uh, that's accessible and then an entire um, economic system of incentives through tokens to actually um, uh, make, make it uh, worthwhile to do positive things in the world, right? So it's really a transformation of the entire financial system which will have an impact in the econ economic system. What, when you look at creating positive impact and you know that there's a army of people out there hell-bent on making negative impact, what do you think are the key drivers to get businesses performing in a way that they are going to migrate and that, that positive impact is going to win? What, how, do you, how do you see that mental shift happening? Yeah, it's all about transparency, right? So if, you know, once once people know that, you know, gosh, if I buy this candy bar, wow, it has unsustainable palm oil and is contributing to deforestation in Borneo and, you know, uh, orangutans are dying. Um, gosh, but there's another candy bar that's actually regenerative. So for every chocolate bar that I buy from this positive company, this, re this earth positive company, I'm actually protecting virgin rainforests. I'm actually 
regenerating and replanting rainforests, for example. And again, the cost of this is about one cent per candy bar, right? Uh, it's about 1% of GDP pays for carbon and biodiversity. So it's such a small thing, you know, that, uh, you know, if consumers are simply aware, um, just have that transparency, the behavior will change. Matt, you've got a project that you're going to be pushing out through Task, which is looking to create positive impact. Do you want to talk a bit about that in terms of footsteps? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think just to pick up on that question first, actually, it's yeah. in, interesting. I, in, and I don't want to sound cynical. I, in, in, it's probably not cynical. It's, it's maybe has a positive angle, but I also think legislation drives some of this change, and we're seeing it now, which will probably lead into me talking about that. But, you know, in India, there's legislation now in terms of profitable businesses over a certain uh, level having to spend a certain amount on CSR. What happens in the short term, this money is usually spent ineffectively, but then what happens in the long term is that money becomes accessible to be put into um, worthy projects that have a positive impact. Um, in terms of the project, I'm looking to migrate to task, which is a something I've run for 10 years um, at a very low level. I mean, it's a, one, a yearly fundraising trek up here in the hills of uh, northern Thailand in Chiang Mai, which I started um, at the point in my own career where I you know, wanted to escape the office job, wanted some balance, had a lot of friends who wanted the same, uh, came up. I'd just come off the back of doing some relief work in Myanmar, um, saw the need for a, a school that needed to be built uh, after Cyclone Nargis, uh, looked at what my own um, capabilities were, which was you know, good at organizing, good at getting groups together, good at motivating people. What did I enjoy? Enjoy walking. Um, decided to, you know, very simply put together a, a walk, get a bunch of mates together, uh, go and trek for a few days, have them raise money or us as a team raise money, which we did, uh, which built the school. That then grew into, uh, the, the result of that was much more than I thought. It didn't just build a school. What happened was uh, you know, a bunch of people got together, felt massively committed and motivated, uh, had um, maybe not life-changing, but certainly epiphanies at personal levels, people coming out of very busy jobs in Dubai and uh, Singapore and, you know, not being able to use the phone for a few days. Uh, and I realized there was, you know, th there was a huge personal benefit in in walking for a few days, being away from the phone, ironically, because now I'm going to push this onto the phone. Um, so 10 years later you know, how this is going to map into task is 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 to link uh, task into the, the walking application, into the Heart app on the iPhone and enable thousands of people to be able to take part in something like this. So um, conceptually what this will be is, uh, you know, we'll run this as a pilot project initially. Uh, we'll have, you know, maybe three non-profit projects that need funding. Uh, one for kids, most likely, uh, one for animals and one for environment. That covers a nice spectrum for people that you know want to make a difference in one of those areas. Uh, we will then have individuals be able to join the app, um, either just as an individual who wants to track their daily steps, be more healthy, walk more, miss a few escalators on the way to work, um, or maybe teams who are doing you know bigger walks can combine their steps. And we will then monetize that with... CSR funds. So the value proposition to um, a multinational company who has CSR money to spend is, look, 
we've already created the format for you here to fund a meaningful project, connect with uh, individuals who understand, you know, will, will hear about your brand, hear about the great work you're doing. Um, so, you know, it's a visual thing, this actually. It's kind of almost hard to explain verbally, but uh, there's a cycle here between, you know, CSR money, nonprofits needing funding, and individuals that can motivate that process. Uh, so it's taking my, you know, yearly fundraising trek and, and digitalizing it into the task app so that a lot more people can take part and, and we can fund, you know, tens of projects through thousands of people with dozens of um, corporates with CSR funds that they want to pump in there. Yeah, so what's interesting is it links in with what Alan's saying. If you're, if you're talking about the, the difference between a, a choice of chocolate bar, then you know, in this, it's about creating behavioral change. Um, you're, you know, you, True, you yeah. focus on your footsteps. So it's a, it can be a first project that you get involved in, um, but it makes you aware of um, those choices that you have, um, gets you to look into what the options are, lets you start making better choices in other areas, um, in terms of, for example, where your food sourced. So I mean, you know, part of what we're doing with Task, of course, is that we are using mobile technology. We're very, very anti the idea that people are slave to technology. Mm. But you know, without me wanting to get on, start ranting about it too much, you know, the the fact that we have access to this powerful tech doesn't mean that we should be afraid of it. And I've, I've, I'm currently very anti the um, people saying, "Well, I'm really cool. I've got a flip phone from the 1990s." I, I think. That's a bit like saying, um, you know, I've, I've decided to downgrade my fridge to a kind of mini bar size because I can't stop eating food. It's like the the secret is is learning to train yourself how to use technology, and that's what we're doing with Task, where we want to create meaningful experiences using technology and trying to allow people to have a balance between in, in terms of their relationship with the technology. Then you get into behavioural change, which is you know, what we're doing on a daily basis and starting to make small changes, small improvements to our performance, which over time can accrue to big change. And if we can get that motoring and get momentum going, then that is, you know, we can't fix all problems, but we can start on an individual level to, you know, individual to group change um, and changing group thinking and, and, and scale this up, which of course is why we're excited about how tasks can contribute to, you know, GenBlue and Earth Pulse's overall vision. Uh, overall vision. Let, let me rant a little bit because I because I, I do want to rant on this because I think it's an important rant and having sitting and, and written the business plan with you it's it you know it opened my eyes to a few things just just doing the research you know two and two two point six billion people with smartphones average of four hours a day on that smartphone um, you know another billion people over the next five to ten years with smartphones um, and look you only have to when you when you live in Asia and walk around and you only have to see just how consumed people are with these devices. Um, it's not that there's no social there's there's little social impact most of the time in people being on their smartphones but you know to just say oh you know to just to get annoyed about that and do nothing do uh, and to think it might go away is, is silly and I think yeah. the approach here is to realize these devices aren't going away you know people call them phones they're not phones they're computers that we walk around with in our pocket so there is a huge amount of power that can be leveraged from this device and that's the exciting part is to look at this problem and, and see the massive opportunity that we have to turn even 
a small percentage of that time, of that four hours, of the two and a half billion people, into, into a positive movement across thousands of people around the world. It's, yeah, I mean, writing that, I, I do feel like I'm rambling, but it was really, it was interesting doing that research and just realizing the, the astronomical scale. And then, of course, you know, we get onto the whole third world aspect. And I, you know, I was just in a village last week doing my trek. I was in a village that has no electricity. Um, you know, it doesn't, in 10 years I've trekked through there, no other groups have trekked through there. Yeah. Kids had smartphones. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's amazing. It's insane. I mean, I'm like, there's no electric. They were like, oh no, they play games on them. I'm like, wow, you know, we're in a village completely out the way where there's one battery powering this house and that was flat, as in a car battery. Um, you know, there's pigs, cats, chickens, dogs, everything. It's old McDonald's farm and there were smartphones. I'm like, that, that's the reality of the world we live in. So, you can bury your head in the sand and get depressed in that, or you can say, look, here's a really good opportunity to to empower people in, in first world with, you know, doing something good and people in third world with getting working opportunities to, to monetize some of that phone time they're on phones. Yeah, well, you, you got this weird, um, the expression of the tech at the moment is uh, alienation. So people are using social media, they're feeling more alienated. I mean, overall, you know, there's, the, there's different reports and some reports show a lot of harm some reports less so but there there is a you know there, there's concern that the current generation are um the the kind of sounding out culture that you have in the um in the u.s universities i know it's only a small minority of students but this this kind of culture which is coming from a uh, from the use of social media which isn't making it doesn't seem to be making people any happier. Mm. It's, a, it's, it's about looking at the energy that we put on, into the tech and saying, well, can we divert that energy into a more useful and meaningful experience? And, and for example, if you go onto social media and you end up coming off there net unhappier on average, well, the question we're trying to ask is, can we have interactions when we're on our phones which raise empathy levels and create a net positive experience? Um, so as an example, something that we, we brainstormed, we don't, we don't know how we're going to do it, but we would love to do it is you know, we have the reality of um, drone strikes going on. And I always we talk about this. If I piled up one dead body next to us, that would you know, live with everyone in this room and everyone in this caf, cafe uh, for a long time. Start to pile up half a dozen or a dozen and you know, it, it, it's never going to leave your brain. Now, Obviously, we, you've got stuff that happens that you just don't see it. And because it's remote, you, you, you just lose you know, your, your ability to empathize as, as distance grows, uh, diminishes. And then and it, it becomes something that you just can't comprehend or understand, really. And to raise empathy levels, if you take, say, the U.S. and Afghani kids, and to be setting up pro, uh, programs using tech, which instead of... Uh, kids focusing on social media, mm. get them focusing on relating to each other, um, increasing empathy levels and have it so that you have a, a way of trying to, you know, we have to see countries as something that's outdated as we go forward in the next 50, 100 years. Um, you know, the, the idea of borders around countries is that's going to melt away. Um, and what we need to do is connect people in, in isolated communities, uh, isolated 
communities, which I, I guess you could look at the US and Afghani kids perhaps and see that and say, well, let's raise empathy. And then we, you know, we can look to reduce um, bizarre acts where we're, it's not just about drone strikes, it's also about how you, you've got people that would want to then cause harm, say back to the US could be another country as well. But you just have people that are um, causing negative effect because they're not really connected to each other. And you've got technology like social media, which is only exasperating the problem, not improving it. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Hopefully it does to our listeners. So we'll see. <laughs> Comments below, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay, five minute wrap. Short one today. We're, we're, um, we're nearing the, we're in the last five minutes. So maybe I'll just go around and, and uh, Alan hopes for 2019 and, and then maybe leave us with a little, little bit on how people can find a bit more about you and, and Jen Blue. Sure. My hope for 2019 is that it's a year of awakening and global action and to realize that uh, we are the only generation that can and that will protect Mother Earth and that we have the awareness uh, that's growing. Uh, we have these exponential technologies that are powering, uh, powering us to, to unite in action. Uh, everyone, all those 2.6 billion people with their cell phones, uh, I see that as a lightsaber um, connecting us uh, to the force. And uh, this is a time for our global rebel alliance for Mother Earth to connect and uh, fight for a regenerative uh, planet that brings uh, health to us individually and collectively. So that's that's my wish. Awesome. And and where where can people uh, get hold of you or find out more about Gen Blue? Sure. Um, uh, our website is generation blue, and I'm at Alan at generation blue. Um, it is just A L A N. Thanks, Alan. And Steve. Uh, well, I think the, the main thing for 2019 um, is that from a task point of view, we've created software which means that a billion experiments in creating impact can be run on our platform for near zero cost. And our excitement is that we want to talk to people who want to run those experiments because we think if we can run a multitude of experiments, we're, we're going to come out with some really amazing solutions to fix problems. Um, and that's it really. This this is a year of experimentation and, and finding ways that we can create positive impact using the, the tech that we built over the last six months. So for anyone listening to get in touch, um, social media, we're task.io um, and the website is task.io. So get in touch. Awesome, cheers. I suppose I should ask myself the same question. I yeah. didn't have a packaged answer, but um, 2019, yeah, looking forward to a new opportunity, um, getting hugely excited about getting into this business. Uh, as I said at the beginning, you know, bringing in, I, I don't remember a time in my life where I've been able to bring in skills from, you know, both professional skills and personal skills into something uh, and have a huge amount of fun, uh, you know, building a startup creating content around this startup, turning my social entrepreneurial projects or project into something that's part of the business. Yeah, so looking forward to it. Um, 
hopefully wake up healthy, have some fun. Hopefully the dogs survive another year and yeah, yeah. all's good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I can be contacted at Matt, M-A-T-T, at task, T-A-S-K, dot I-O. And uh, that's it for today, folks. Cheers. Cheers.